Welcome to the Really Really Podcast, where we share our views and stories as our authentic selves. We hope this brings a little comfort to your day. I am your co-host, Christine. And I'm Vivian. Welcome back to our podcast. This episode, we will be diving into a topic which I would say is very relevant right now, which is being alone versus being lonely. This is definitely one of our first few heavier, deep topics that we'll talk about. So it is a challenge for both of us, but this is what we want our podcast to be, a place to share our views on any sort of topic. Yeah, I agree with that. When we were planning for this episode, it definitely required us to be very vulnerable with ourselves and also each other, but we believe that we aren't the only ones who have experienced loneliness or the other feelings that we'll be describing in this podcast, so we hope that by sharing our views, you'd feel less alone in feeling lonely. Yeah, definitely. Especially in the current situation we are right now, most of us are living at home, either alone or not having much in-person social interaction with friends. I think it would be a good way to talk about this familiar yet unfamiliar feeling. Um, A good way to start off this topic is to differentiate between what it means to be alone and what is being lonely. Yeah, so... The way that I define being alone is that you are physically alone, as in you're not surrounded by other people, whereas being lonely is more of a feeling and a mental state of mind. So I'd say that you can still feel lonely despite being alone. Yeah, I definitely agree with that definition right there. Alone is like sort of like the movie Home Alone, where the kid is essentially physically at home, by themselves until two burglars infiltrate the house. (laughs) And loneliness is a whole different thing. It is an emotion, a feeling. You could physically be around people but still feel lonely. So I would say it's more of a state of mind. So I think this perfectly leads us into the next topic about what are some of the moments that we have felt alone or lonely. Maybe Vivian, would you like to share about a few moments that you felt such a way? Yeah, so I thought maybe a way to structure this would be to talk about the different time points in my life and how I felt loneliness in a different way. So I hope I'm not going to be telling you my entire life story because then we'd be here for a very, very long time. But um, (laughs) whilst preparing for this episode, I reflected on some of my past memories that I thought would be quite interesting to share. So we can start off with high school Vivian. Um, I went to an international school. So I'd say that in Malaysia, there are many Malaysians that are in an international school, but there are also quite a number of expatriates. So during this time, I think with most schools even, students tend to be divided into different friendship groups almost. So Mm. I felt that although I am 100% Malaysian, my thinking and maybe my way of speaking is considered to be more westernized. So with that, sometimes I felt like I wasn't Asian enough to be part of the Chinese speaking group, but I I also wasn't 
white enough to be part of their group. And so even though I had an, an extremely close group of friends at the time, I still felt like I didn't belong into any particular group. So it was sort of a confusion. And looking mm -hmm. back now, I realized that most of it was probably just me in my head. And, you know, I actually had a really good group of friends all along. But at the time, I think my loneliness stemmed from my insecurity of wanting to be liked and accepted by everyone. I, I definitely feel you on that part about what you said about not fitting in. In a strange way, I felt those feelings before, even in my secondary school, and we were all Chinese people, so that's strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like you said, I think I also had like a group of friends which I'm comfortable with, and there was like no judgment between us, and we can be unapologetically ourselves. So yeah, maybe we like to focus on the sort of the negative side because, yeah, we, we're teenagers, hormones and stuff. Exactly, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it's the group you surround yourself with and choosing to ignore what other people think about you because they don't know you. So who are they to judge? Yeah, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with what you said. Um, we tend to... For whatever reason, we tend to pick out the negatives in any situation. So thinking positive is definitely something that I'm still working on right now. But like, mm -hmm. there's also this whole thing about toxic positivity as well. So I think that is true. Yeah. Just, just acknowledge the loneliness and work out your feelings there, I think. Yeah. So after high school, I went to boarding school to study for my A-levels. And the loneliness I felt was, well, in boarding school, I guess you're a thousand miles away from home. So I was physically away from my family. And also in that boarding school, um, I was only one of the very few Asians, I would say. But I think I took more pride in that rather than feeling left out or anything like that. Mm. Although, like, you know, this might be a topic for another time, but racist remarks were definitely still a thing that I had to deal with mm. every now and then. But yeah, we'll talk about that next time. And I think the loneliness I felt when studying abroad was more like independence this time because you had to take care of yourself, you had to do everything for yourself. Like, although in boarding school, you still lived with a bunch of other people in the same house during the weekend, sometimes people would go back home. So then, you know, you look out for your own meals and if you're sick then you need to I don't know you just basically had to do everything and figure most things out by yourself and then after that I went to uni and then it was a different kind of loneliness mm -hmm. strangely like I think in primary up until college usually your classmates are the ones that you're pretty good friends with so I felt that in uni, I felt the most alone whenever I attended lectures. Oh, this was yeah. quite strange. I, I don't know if anyone or like anyone else feels this way, but um, most of my friends are from a society outside and most of the people are outside of my course, I would say. So right. I felt lonely when I'd be walking to classes alone and then everyone else sort of had a friend or a friendship group to go with. 
and I just usually feel so out of place. Like, are people looking at me thinking I'm some sort of loner or whatever? Mm. And during lunch breaks, I just, I didn't know what to do. I actually, I don't remember what I even did during then. Was I alone? Was I with a group mm. of people? Who knows? I can't remember. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's quite a strange feeling. I don't know. Do you, do you ever feel that way or? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely understand your point of view of that, like, in university, it's so strange because, like you said, primary school to secondary school, you see these group of people every day. So naturally, a friendship will blossom from there. But in university, it's a whole different ball game. It's like you see this person on Monday, you make friends with them on Monday, and then Tuesday, they're not there. Mm-hmm. And you make a, a new friend, and Wednesday, both of them are not there. So you're, you're starting from like, um, from zero again. So, yeah. and it's exhausting. Man, it's exhausting to, to make friends. <laughs> We're such introverts. <laughs> no, no, okay. Like, I, at the start of uni, I had that sort of going to uni, like, you know, wide-eyed and like, oh, I'm so excited to meet new people. This will be a start, start of something new. And usually my expectations supersede the reality that I'm actually in because reality doesn't translate to what I want it to be. Like, (laughs) I have that very idealized thinking that, oh, I'm going to be friends with so many people. I'm, and we're going to have lunch together and stuff like that. But usually I eat alone during lunch as well. Like, I have, I have um, specific memories of me eating alone at the, school cafeteria or something like that so at the start I wasn't used to it but then I I grew comfortable with it and I'm so at ease with eating on my own (laughs) Yeah. yeah I think like upon reflecting on a lot of my past experiences with loneliness in different ways i I think most of it was the loneliness I felt in my head Mm. and for some reason I always felt like I had no friends even though I was always surrounded by people who genuinely cared for me. So I think at the end of the day I, I still have this insecurity where I want to be liked by the people around me and I think now I'm slowly overcoming that and this insecurity is slowly fading now that I'm starting to understand and accept myself for who I am. But I think that's always going to be a work in progress. So yeah, I've talked enough about me. <laughs> How about you? Um, do you remember a time when you felt alone or lonely? Yeah, I'm really glad that to hear that you're slowly overcoming this insecurity and accepting yourself and also being comfortable with who and where you are right now. So for me... Going to uni, I, I'm lucky to have lived with people. So there's people living with me. Why did I <laughs> reiterate that? <laughs> well understood. I understood what you meant. Okay. But, yeah, but then again, they have their own lives and I have mine too. So a moment where I felt like, oh, I'm really lonely. It was when... I fell sick. And I think you touched on that like during your A-level days, like something about falling yeah. sick. So when I was ill, feeling ill, 
I instantly just thought of home and my parents. And I remember the first time I got ill. It was not great. Like, mm. I was coughing away. It's the whole freshers flu thing. And I didn't even go, like, clubbing or anything. <laughs> it's like, in le- I think I got it in lectures. Lectures, yeah. Oh, like, you can re-watch the lecture recording and everyone's just coughing away. I know it's what bad. You yeah, I, that was when I knew I, when I felt lonely and like the people living with me, they offered to get food and stuff, but I mean, they are students as well, so they have to go to uni and do, do other stuff. So I had to do certain things for myself, like taking care of myself, cooking for myself, everything on my own. Yeah, I I definitely feel you on that. And yeah, it's it's really hard. Like when you're sick, um, and if you don't have the medication at hand, oh. then you just feel so tired. You don't want to get out of bed. So like, how do you get your medicine? And it's just yeah, yeah. I I think at times like these, learning how to, I think it's because of times like these that I really learn to take care of myself and also love myself because I think Mm. only when you want to take care of your body and recover faster I think that's definitely an act of self-love as well yeah and it's strange because I didn't actually realize that I felt so alone during those times until Mm. actually the past couple of months because you know the pandemic and then I came back home and I stayed and I started staying with my family again and I think only when I had my family right. around me, my brothers that I talk to every day, my parents as well, then it, I don't know, it just suddenly feels like, ah, this is what it's like to not feel lonely. Because you were so used to living overseas for so long, mm. being lonely is just something that you got used to that I didn't see it as loneliness, but rather independence. And then, I, I don't know if I look back on it now, would I still see it as loneliness? But I think it's a, it's a stage of, growth, I would say, that uncomfortable feeling of getting used to being alone and feeling lonely, I guess. Yeah. So I think um, moving on from that, uh, another time that I tend to feel quite um, alone or lonely is when I'm not in a relationship. Mm. I'm not saying that I've been in a relationship for the majority of my life, (laughs) but like... (laughs) Like from the um, ages five to... (laughs) To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just joking, just joking. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think during the times when you're not dating anyone, not talking to, I don't know, someone that you're interested in, mm. I think for me more specifically, I felt the most lonely is it's usually during the period, the short period of time after a breakup. Right. That moment feels the most lonely for sure because think you go from having someone that you talk to every day and you tell everything to to just becoming pretty much like not to say strangers but almost like strangers overnight you because you stop talking to them you don't I don't know it's just like a huge part of you is suddenly missing so that's when I felt very very lonely but yeah I don't know have you felt anything similar or maybe the loneliness when you're longing to be with someone, something like that? I, I've i definitely felt that way, but mm-hmm. maybe in a different way. Okay, I have a f- loving family, 
But sometimes I feel like, wouldn't it be nice to have someone out there who cares for me too, you know? Oh my god, that's so cheesy. <laughs> it is kind of cheesy, but it's, at the um, same time, I, I understand. Continue. Yeah. Like, this is a side note, but right now I feel like the right person will come when fate or destiny decides for it too. And we're all in our own journeys, our own path. So while we're single, I think slowly working on ourselves would allow us to be a better version of ourselves. Not for someone else, but just for yourself. You know, And there's no pressure to be in a relationship. And if you're wanting to be in a relationship, there's no shame to express that either. Basically, we should just respect each other's decisions and live our best lives. There's no fixed timeline of things and I've been guilty of trying to follow this timeline that society always pressures us to follow. But this pandemic has taught me that life is unpredictable and also to slow down and take one day at a time. Yeah, I really agree with you on that, that there's no fixed timeline to the way that you approach things regardless of whether it's a relationship or just anything in life. And I think you're right, like, um, you'll definitely meet the right person and things will pretty much just fall into place when you are a better version of yourself and when you understand yourself better. Because I think when you know yourself well, then you know what you want and what you value in a relationship. So automatically, Mm. not to say like you weed out the unnecessary people, but you see... (laughs) But you just... No, swipe to the... Is it left or right? I don't know. I don't have Tinder. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you know what I mean. You automatically know yeah. what you want in a relationship and what you also value in a person. So I think for all you single ladies or gentlemen out there, like Christine said, now is really the best time to sort of work on yourself to, I don't know, maybe try out something new or do the things that you've been meaning to do. Mm. We'll touch a little bit more on this later on, so definitely stay tuned towards the end of this episode. Yeah, let's go back to the question. Um, A moment that I felt lonely, like, I feel like I didn't answer your previous question, so I'm going to answer <laughs> it right here. But I would say it's along the similar line when I see people around me get into relationships like friends specifically. But before you call me out on not being happy for my friends, (laughs) hear me out. Of course I'm happy. Like who wouldn't be? If if your friend's happy, you should be happy too, like, Mm. right? Or else that's a, I would say that's a pretty toxic friendship right there. (laughs) Um, It's more of an internalized thing where seeing people around me in relationships makes me feel lonely like in a strange way, I I direct it back to myself and feel like I'm lacking or invisible in certain ways. Oh, look at me being dramatic. No, um, you're not. I see you right like, here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel so... When I see people getting into relationships, I'm like, how do they do it so easily? And it just makes me internalize this whole about me being uninteresting that no one wants to 
talk to me or be with me when in fact like these two things have no correlation to it you know but I overthink and internalize that sort of attacking my insecurities but putting after putting much thought into why I feel this way I realize like I said this has nothing to do with friends being in relationships it sort of stems from internal self-esteem issues I think I felt this way the most like one three years ago yeah back then I was not in the best state of mind and I was very hard on myself always feeling not good enough again trigger warning just in case if this is too much for people I would go into like my feelings and stuff uh, I think I feel like I should have said that early on but yeah I'm, I'm sorry for not <laughs> putting a trigger warning but yeah I always felt not good enough in everything that I do like why can't I get everything in my life be perfect you know so with anything that's happening around me I would sort of twist the narrative into a negative one and direct that back to myself and be hard on myself like why are you not good enough why are you not like other people why are you not perfect Mm, I think, yeah, I I want to like um, take the time to respond to what you said um, properly because I feel like that definitely wasn't an easy thing to share for sure. I think to what you went through and what you experienced, everything, it, it wasn't easy, but I think it's just... It's really difficult, but it's also really amazing how you just took that time to instead to to not blame other people for what you felt, but more to just look within yourself and also admit to yourself that, you know, it was an insecurity you had or maybe a self-esteem issue that you wanted to work on yourself. So I wanted to say, you one, you're not an, an uninteresting person, and two, it's also a very brave thing, and it takes a lot of courage to overcome what you went through a couple of years ago. So yeah. I think that was definitely very amazing for you to oh, share on thank this you. podcast. And thank, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. I'll pay you later. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> my account number is this, 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 and my sort code is this as well. Send it to you. <laughs> Okay, I will, I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, back on to what you said before, I think that feeling of contradicting happiness, when you said that you, you want to feel happy for your friends when they're in a relationship, right? But I feel like that feeling is quite relatable to me in some ways. I don't know. I, I feel like no matter how I phrase this next sentence, I'm going to sound pretty off or pretty terrible in some way. But I think only when... I was in a relationship, I was able to feel more genuinely happy for someone else's relationship. I mean, there were times that I definitely felt genuinely happy for my friends as well. But a lot of the times I'd be like, no, I, I think not to find flaws in someone else's relationship, but rather, I don't know, maybe it's just because I felt jealous that I couldn't be in their position. Mm. So I wanted to nitpick the little things that maybe like the bad things that they had to mm. go. I, I don't know, something like, maybe I think it's a feeling of jealousy, mm. essentially. But yeah, it was quite a strange, I don't know, a strange thought that I still didn't know how to comprehend at the mm. time. But 
Yeah, I think when I was in a relationship, then only I felt that, okay, I didn't really like it if someone else were to judge my my own relationship. So I think when I had that sort of perspective, I no longer wanted to judge anyone else's relationship, but as long as they were happy together, I'd be happy for them. So, huh. yeah, complex. I, I still can't make sense of what I just said, but... Yeah. I mean, I can't. That's how my brain I can't works. Either. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been trying to no, 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 it's focus okay. on like what you said, but yeah, I think it's a very, it's a lot to unpack, and it's definitely a complex emotion. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's it's human emotion to feel that way, and you're being honest of how you feel, and I think it also depends on the friend, right? Mm, I think in some ways, some ways, yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we can talk through that, like privately or something, and work through that together. <laughs> and maybe yeah. one day we can summarize that feeling better and talk about it on the podcast. Back to what I said just now about feeling lonely and the whole self-esteem issue. That was a few years back. I feel much better right now. So. I, but I still know that these feelings will come and go as well. And that's okay. Just as long as it does not occupy or take over your life, always remember that there's so many things out there to be grateful for. Your family, which is my biggest support system. My friends, true friends who will be there for you. And not to say you have to talk 24-7. Sometimes... Certain friends that I have, we talk like once every few months and things are same. And things are still <laughs> the same. Like no time has passed. And most importantly, you are alive, healthy and well. And there's so much to look forward to, honestly. We've talked about loneliness in friendships and relationships as well and it reminded me of times when I felt lonely despite being surrounded by other people. It's usually when I'm in a group, um, in a larger group of like friends or something like that. So sometimes when I attend parties or maybe large gatherings, I tend to feel pretty awkward when I first arrive at the scene. I overcomplicate things in my head and ask myself like, oh, who should I stick with? Will this person find me kind of annoying? Or maybe I should go mingle around and get to know everyone else in the room. And it's usually at times like these that I know that I'm definitely overcomplicating the scenario because at the end of the day, not to say that my friends don't care about me, but no one actually gives a damn like who I'm talking to or who I'm hanging out with. No one really cares, I feel. And I think with that, maybe it's why... I enjoy drinking. I mean, I haven't had the chance to drink a lot now because I've just been stuck at home. So like, I don't really drink at all. But in, I think a lot of the times when I was like uh, in boarding school or even in the first like fresher or like second year of university, I like to drink because I think alcohol tends to make me feel more confident. It helps break down that barrier 
So I felt like I would be more interesting and more approachable when I didn't have this barrier built and like this shield that people needed to break through in order to get to know me. So I felt like if I didn't really care about that anymore, I felt more at ease approaching people and just having fun wherever I am with and just basically being myself and enjoying my time without overcomplicating or overthinking things. And I mean, usually nights like these end in pretty embarrassing like memories that I don't really want to remember, but it's okay. I think that's part of my young adulthood or whatever I choose to call it. Yeah, sort of like alcohol lets you let loose. Yeah, but I don't know. How about you? Have you sort of had this feeling where you felt left out despite being surrounded by like friends or maybe just a large group of people? I've definitely been in a similar situation. Um, sometimes I feel left out when I surround myself with people who I don't really know or I don't feel necessarily welcome in. Like you, I overthink a lot and it's the main cause of my stress. I'm not just going to put it out there. Overthinking is a problem that I'm still trying to overcome, but slowly, but surely. Mm. Um, in certain situations, when I invited somewhere, because of the fear of missing out, my mind will start overthinking, where a part of me will say, I should not go because I know if I go, I'll feel absolutely crap after it. You have, and that sort of mentality where I know I've met these people before and they have their group of friends and I don't feel welcomed in any shape or any form. So why do I want to go? But on the other end, the positive, optimistic Christine would say, go, like, just go. You never know. Things might be different. You should reach out more to people and you should not be so introverted. Just go. You never know who you'll meet and you don't want to feel left out, right? And usually the positive side wins in most cases. Mm -hmm. And I go and I step into the room. I instantly regret it. <laughs> like, just breathing in the air. And I know... <laughs> something's not right and I'm not meant to be here. Not to say I'm like shading the people there or like asking for pity. Also, I know how hard it is to reach out to someone. Man, that's really hard to do. I've been there before, but I'm trying to change that as well. I'm just expressing what I am feeling every time these kind of scenarios happen. When I step into a room and then I instantly regret it. I just want to like curl into a ball and roll out of the room, like Sonic the Hedgehog style, you know, oh like God. just roll out of there peace. real quick. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah. Not even a peace sign, like just, just bye. Goodbye, you know, yeah. not even bye, just whoosh. <laughs> it's like, oh, where did she go? <laughs> no, they won't know, they they won't won't know where she go. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, I think... In some ways, I totally understand what you mean. And oh, it's quite a complex like feeling when like before like you attend something, you're like, oh, should mm. I go? Should I not go? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you mentioned that when you step into a room, you sometimes feel like you don't belong there. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
Mm. I, is it because um, you're not comfortable with a larger group of people? Like, would you feel more comfortable if it was like, say, five or six people? Would that be different, or would you still maybe feel a similar way if they're not that close to you? If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. It's again like the friend group. If it's like people that I know, I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that. And but if it's like majority of the people that I don't really know, and I'm just going there because one of the people invited me there, mm. then man, I feel lonely. Especially if that other person is like Friends mingling with other people, with other people mm. and I'm just alone. Like that's that's not fun. But mm. it's not their fault too, because. I can't expect people to just look out for me only. Yeah, but I do appreciate when when people like try to include you in conversations, try to bring you in and like introduce you to people. Those people, man, they're the best. They're the best kind of people in the world. <laughs> it just true. makes things less awkward. Just the the first move of saying, "Hi, what's your name?" Oh, then it's so comforting when someone does that to you because it opens up the possibility of you to know them and potentially know the other people that they know. Yeah, that's really true because I always really appreciate it when someone else does that for me, especially to introduce me to like their friends whom I don't mm. know, and then it's it's always nice, you know, to just get to know more people because yeah, I think there's definitely. Usually, no harm done by trying to get to know someone else, right? Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, but I I totally understand how you feel. Like sometimes I also feel really left out, but then again, like you said, there's always this optimistic side of you that I always、mm. try to embrace a little more than the more negative voice in my head.、Yeah. And I I try to think of it in a way that if they invited me to this outing, it probably、mm. means that. Either they enjoy your company or they want to get to know you better. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a very good way of thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, why would you invite like someone you don't necessarily like? Exactly. Exactly. That's true. I mean, I wouldn't do that.、Yeah. Like, if I really didn't <laughs> like someone, why would I invite you to my place, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a good、yeah. way of thinking about it. I think we spend so much time just internalizing everything that. Actually, from the other side, they mean well. And yeah, exactly, exactly. For me, I feel like toxic friendships make you feel ten thousand times lonelier, maybe more than ten thousand times. <laughs> so, yeah, we can do a whole podcast about friendships and stuff. And I think this brings us onto our next topic, which is being comfortable with being alone.、Mm. I think over the course of our lives, there. Are definitely going to be times when we're alone, but this doesn't necessarily mean that we need to feel lonely. And with、mm-hmm. that, I do think that it's important to just learn to be comfortable just being by ourselves. Like Vivian mentioned, being comfortable with ourselves is definitely one of the ways to do it. And how I did that was, 
as I mentioned previously about feeling lonely, how I dealt with it was by stop overthinking and start doing the things that I love to do. The part about stop overthinking, I still do, but very much less than previously. But thing about starting to do what you love doing, I've definitely practiced that much more in recent years. For example, I really wanted to go to explore London more during my time at university. I wanted to go to like the markets and stroll around in the mornings, not buying anything, but just enjoying the atmosphere. And I did not want to ask anyone to go. And maybe it's because I thought that no one would want to go with me. So I just went on my own, like in the morning, like 9am, I would get my camera and sat on a bus and just enjoyed my time alone. So I was just walking around the market, taking photos. I went to a cafe and get bread, which is <laughs> my favorite kind of food, <laughs> carbs. And people watch. And I even talked to a random person who was manning her stall. And I felt so happy at that moment. Happy that I am finally doing the things that I want to do for myself and being very comfortable with being alone. That's self-love, I would say. I was alone, but I was not lonely. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you put that very beautifully as well. And going to markets, like just by yourself with your camera, walking around and just sometimes just striking up a conversation with the people, like you said, the people manning the store. I think that's such a great and also such a fun thing to do especially like during the weekends and stuff like just mm. to chill i think it's very nice and i also always like imagined myself doing that if i were to be i don't know maybe living in a foreign city alone those would be the exact things that i definitely love to do like going to market treat myself with like a nice cup of coffee and just explore the place people watching as well and just taking pictures to just capture that moment for yourself and for the time that you enjoyed being with yourself just sounds very therapeutic, I'd say. Yeah, I miss doing that. I don't get to do that mm. right now because we're all at home and we should be at home right now. But you take time for yourself to do the things that you love. Like even making this podcast, I really wanted to do it, but I was scared to do so initially but after like talking to you about it talking to my family about it I was like why not mm. I I find it really interesting so why not try it even if it okay I'm not gonna curse it to <laughs> <fail. Jinx> it. <laughs> I'm just gonna basically I'm just doing this podcast for myself because I love to do it and after recording many episodes I still find myself forward to our weekly recordings so yeah that's nice i actually i agree on that as well i feel like during the weekdays i you know work hard to complete like my work or coursework or anything and then when it reaches that thursday friday period i'm like ah, oh, i just need to push an extra one or two more days to finish this so that we can record our podcast on saturday it's definitely something mm -hmm. i look forward to every weekend as well yeah
Another way to overcome loneliness is to surround yourself or in these times, connect with people who actually care for you and not, again, toxic people. I keep bringing this up, but it's very true. <laughs> Talking to friends or with family definitely helps a lot. My family is my rock, literally. <laughs> it's comforting when they just listen to me ramble on about what's going on with my day and sometimes they don't give a solution to me but they just listen and that helps a lot it slowly makes you feel better about your situation and maybe makes you realize that hey maybe I'm just making this into a big thing when it's actually a very small issue Back in the past, I think when I felt lonely, I used to bottle it up. But once I started talking to someone about my problems, the tears will just keep streaming down like a river. But, and after I sort through those feelings, I get better. Yeah, for sure. I think something that quarantine has taught most of us is that we all, regardless of how introverted we, any one of us might be, we all seek human connection at some point and like you said i think there's there's only so much that we can bottle up so talking to your family or even calling a friend just for a quick chat a catch-up or maybe just playing a game of among us oh it, yeah <laughs> yeah even there's no talking there really but like <laughs> it always feels i mean there is doing the discussion and that's heated that's very heated and friendships end <laughs> do you think that do you think that destroys friendships? Ooh, I actually haven't played Among Us that like a, a lot, but mm. it could it could like um how do you say break the trust between you? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. So I think with that, there are times when I have also bottled up a lot of my emotions, but when I'm not. In, but I'm not always in the mood to deal with these emotions sometimes. Like, I know it's there, but I just mm. don't feel like thinking about it right now. And during, yeah, during these times, I like to immerse myself in stories to escape reality for a little while. So I can just literally be in my room for hours. I won't leave to do anything. <laughs> I just go to the bathroom every now and then, but I can stay in my room for hours just watching Netflix or reading. Recently, I've been really enjoying reading fan fiction. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit this because I was talking to one of my high school friends recently and she was like, honestly, yeah. no judgment. She reads a lot of them. I mean, when she was in high school, Ooh. not now, but like... <laughs> okay. Yeah, but yeah, I've been especially into that these days and it's just helped me to relax. Like after a tough lecture, I just lie down on my bed and I just go read through fan fiction or something like that. And usually after that mental break and after that escape from reality, I tend to feel more ready and also willing to deal with the difficult emotions that I may be facing at the time. Oh, fan fiction. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Exposing myself, yeah. right? Saucy. <laughs> what kind of... <laughs> no one needs okay. to know that. <laughs> moving, moving on from that, um, 
along the same lines, I think YouTube is also a really nice place to go to, like watching random videos yeah. or daily vlog to sometimes I like watching this this um this channel where a Chinese person sort of summarizes a drama episode to me in like 10 minutes and I would instantly know what's going on with like the recent dramas without watching the 50 or one hour long episode I get to know it under 10 minutes which is great (laughs) (laughs) and some would agree with you about sometimes you're just not ready to deal with those emotions by doing so you don't you're not really running away from your emotions you're just putting a pause on it and once you're ready to deal with those you can come back to it and battle it in a way (laughs) so Mm. i'll say don't run away from the loneliness like watching and reading does help you escape from reality at the moment to truly feel comfortable with it we need to accept those feelings come to terms with it when you're ready but once you acknowledge those feelings, you would definitely find a way to overcome them. How I do it is to organize these thoughts by asking the hard questions that we don't like answering, such as, why am I feeling this way? Is there actually a root cause to this? And is this something that I can act on or is it to do with someone else? Basically, it's just trying to understand the problem and yourself better. Yeah, you're very right in saying that you know, facing your own emotions definitely isn't easy. And at some point, we do need to, like you said, battle these emotions out. And a way that I like to do this is by journaling. In the past, mm. I used to treat journaling like I had to write a perfect essay because I was right. very much of a perfectionist. So I needed it to be structured very well. I needed it to make sense. But now... Once upon a time, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's like that SpongeBob scene where SpongeBob spends like hours on end and all he wrote was the the and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was me in the past. <laughs> but um, nowadays, I just write whatever. My handwriting is so ugly in my journaling. I pro- if I were to read back on it, I probably wouldn't understand half the things that I wrote. But it's just mm. to sort of let my mind flow and just keep on writing and write whatever that is raw and whatever I feel at the time, even though it doesn't make sense, even though I might sometimes, well, I hate myself for feeling that way or wonder why, why do I feel such like a mean or like terrible sort of emotion? I would still write Mm. it down because once you write it down, you tend to accept it and make more sense of it when you connect the dots later on after like, I don't know, a page of writing or something. Yeah. In a way, it's like, it's written black and white there. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. And what I've been doing recently is that I know that I've always wanted to improve my writing and also verbalizing how I feel. I feel like I struggle Mm. a lot to put um, the thoughts in my head into words. And so I thought that a way that I could improve in this area is to write lyrics but like Mm. lyrics about how i feel at the time so i mean my lyrics aren't great obviously and like usually i just play a song in the background and i take out the words but then put out put in my own words and match it with whatever emotion that i'm feeling 
that right. time. Yeah, so that's just what I've been doing lately. And I think aside from writing lyrics, listening to songs is also something that I tend to cave into because certain lyrics just, they, they are very relatable at the time. And I guess they make you feel less alone and also help you to get through the tougher moments in life. Yeah. Ooh, songwriter Vivian. No, please no. <laughs> When will you be dropping your your EP, your first song? Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's a very interesting way to sort of process your emotions, like writing lyrics and also listening to songs and singing is super relaxing. Mm. Maybe not to your neighbors and family members, <laughs> but it's very healing to like sing it out That's especially yeah. songs with lyrics that mean a lot to you at the moment mm. and when you just sing it out it just uh, it just hits the right spot <laughs> yeah i think on the lines of listening and audio stuff i would say listening to a podcast listen to this podcast um for me podcasts have helped me through the lonelier times, especially during um, the lockdown period, just listening to people talk. Yeah, it sounds so freaking lonely. <laughs> listening to people talk makes me feel some type of way. <laughs> so cut that out. Oh my God. But I don't know, listening to people talk about certain topics like friendship or crushes or funny topics like random topics it's so interesting to hear this perspective on it and yeah other than this podcast there are many many podcasts out there that will suit your interests from podcasts about how to deal with your emotions to podcasts about technology or music and movie recommendations yeah that's so true And I think another way to sort of feel less alone or lonely, this might sound kind of weird, but exercising. Mm. Like, I think when you tend to feel lonely, you tend to have a lot of negative thoughts in your head or you tend to overthink yeah. certain things, right? So exercising, mm -hmm. you know, you really sweat it out and it really helps you to shake off any of that negativity that you might be feeling And I think setting a goal, maybe with um, exercising, I don't know, a goal that you'd like to achieve, maybe not necessarily to lose weight, but I don't know, be more flexible, get more toned, or maybe you just want to get moving. Because I know for me, for sure, like, all I do is pretty much sit in front of my desk. It's pretty inevitable <laughs> because, I mean, it's how online classes work nowadays. So after exercising i just feel so much more refreshed and my muscles are much more loosened although i stretch every mm. morning anyway exercising has definitely helped me to when i sit my posture just feels a bit more different and i don't feel as fatigued as i used to before so yeah mm. um exercising good <laughs> <laughs> yeah go give it a try <laughs> go give it a try <laughs> yeah. yeah i think In the past, I used to exercise a bit more, 
And mm -hmm. in the past was when I was dealing with those negative emotions. And I do agree with you that exercising has helped me a lot back in the day. I haven't <laughs> been doing so much now, but I really should get back on it. <laughs> so I think back then I used to run or do like fast walking. Mm -hmm. And that has helped me to relieve a lot of stress. It's a scientifically proven method to reduce stress or overcome negative emotions. And a quote from the movie Legally Blonde. Have you watched that? No, I actually haven't. I feel really, really? bad. Okay. But I've no, heard of okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But basically the main character, which her name is Elle Woods, she says that Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more context about that line, it's a classic. But yeah, those are the ways that we have overcome loneliness. Of course, it comes and goes, but this is a way to sort of help with whatever you're dealing with at the moment. And yeah, we're let's wrap this up. This is an episode where we come face to face with our feelings and talk about being lonely and being alone and the ways we overcome it and are still overcoming it. I think I really enjoyed this podcast episode a lot. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with you on that. It's, I think... It definitely required me to be very vulnerable, honest, and also very open with myself and also with you, of course. I think although, although we do plan roughly the things that we want to say in this podcast, there are many things that I didn't actually know about you and I also didn't actually know about me when I was talking and like going not off tangent, but I guess maybe explaining and trying to explore my true thoughts and emotions. And I feel like with this episode, we touched very lightly on many different aspects of our lives and the different time points where we felt loneliness in different ways. But yeah, I think definitely talking about something that's more, I'd say slightly more serious or maybe more like a heavier topic really got me to think and reflect much deeper and yeah i think that's sort of yeah it's sort of where self-growth starts i suppose yeah it makes you sort of dig deep and uncover those memories that you sort of sh shut away you locked mm, away but that's true yeah talking about it sort of unlocked it and yeah i'd like to thank you again for being so open and vulnerable with the things you've experienced. I feel like I didn't really respond well to the questions or the sort of the things that you said, but maybe we can talk about it in private and expand on that more. But yeah, I really want to thank you for being yeah. so brave and so open. Thank you. I mean, you were too as well. So thank you for that. And about trying to respond right, I feel like when we're recording a podcast, we can't have this podcast go on for like three to four hours. So I guess we yeah. need to condense our answers and make them more concise. And I also mm. actually, also, I felt the same way with some of the things that you said. 
there were definitely parts where I felt like I wanted to say a little bit more, but at the time, the thoughts were still a bit jumbled in my head and I didn't quite mm. know how to actually say it out loud. Yeah. So yeah, I think with the future episodes to come, we'll definitely get, well, you guys will definitely get to know us a lot better and we'll also get to know each other better. That's a perfect way to end this podcast. I, yeah, if you like what you heard today, go ahead and follow us on our socials and our Instagram page. Our Instagram page is Really Really Podcast. You can also find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most major podcasting platforms at Really Really. Hope you guys have a great week ahead. Bye. Bye. See you in the next episode.